Good evening. Welcome to Dr. Roto. You are watching Chaps Fantasy Chat. Um, <laughs> Thursday nights at 8 here on Dr. Roto. I'll tell you, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> watching baseball in Iowa was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. What a great job they did. Um, I, I do want to talk about that a little bit tonight, but uh, it, I kind of, so generally speaking, I have a couple rules. Okay. Um, stay with fantasy baseball till the end, but once football season rolls around, I watch the Steelers. <laughs> so tonight's kind of one of those nights where you're, you're, you're back and forth between the two of them. I haven't really got to, of course I taped the Steelers. I'll watch them later. Um, but, but the other part of it is, is, you know, running a, you know, yeah, I'm a baseball guy, but I, you know, I run two football leagues. I'm in, you know, all, all kinds of different drafts for foot. So it's hard staying in both lanes, but I think it's important that you kind of make sure and nurture the baseball part of fantasy season this time of year. It's really important to do. And yeah, it takes a little bit of discipline because your mind gets going in football and you want to take off in that direction. But I caution you, especially if you're contention, paying attention. It's half the battle at this time of the year. And, you know, again, I, it's interesting being able to take specific points in time and, and measuring them out um, to kind of dictate and determine where trends are going. So we're going to talk pretty generally tonight, uh, but, but I think there's some things that, you know, that, that are out there that are interesting. Um, the effects of the trade deadline have started to take shape. You know, the Dodgers, the Braves really look like teams that are competing, whereas some of these other teams are maybe falling off a little bit. I want to talk about some some spectacularly hot bats and small spurts. Well, not really that small spurts, but just guys that are notable. Um, guys I've talked about before, most of them. But it's important to take notice of what they're doing because if you know that, especially if you're in a league where you have some novice-type players – you could take advantage of getting, I don't know, say an Elo Jimenez um, or a, uh, a a George Springer or a Joey Gallo. If someone's just kind of, let's be honest, doing all their football drafts at this point. So so we'll, we'll pay attention to a couple of those guys. But, again, I think it's really important – this time of year to just kind of try, like I say, stay disciplined, stay, um, stay in your lane in baseball, and, and make sure you're paying attention to to the specialty categories, the the home runs, the stolen bases, the um, the saves, the K's, and address them when they need to be addressed. So tonight we're going to talk. Like I said, I. I I applaud MLB. I, I watched this intro for the Field of Dream games, and I wasn't going to say much about it. I'm still not going to say a whole lot about it. But I, I think it's it, it shows the willingness to – see, the baseball purist looks at that and they you know, kind of snark their nose at it. I, I believe that you know anything to draw um, interest to baseball, they need to be doing. And I, I think they're doing a good job of that with this tonight – Seeing um, the guys come out of the corn, and, you know, I, I, I thought Kevin Cosner uh, had a great intro speech, and, you know, man, he looks great. It made me feel old. But what an impact Kevin Cosner has had to this game. 
the 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 star of the game though for me it, it has to be Lance Lynn. I, and I haven't I'm 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 watching the Steelers, so I don't know if there's you know no my luck Lance Lynn's gotten blown up, um, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, I, you know. The White Sox are a balanced and complete team, I guess is what I'm trying to trying to get at. They, they really do have a, um, a, a really solid pitching staff, both you know the, the rotation and the bullpen. But then also, you look at their lineup, and now they're getting you know um, Luis Robert back, and you know it, it, now Grandal starting a a, a a rehab assignment, so he should be up in a couple weeks. And, of course, we'll talk about Jimenez a little bit later. But to me, the difference between the White Sox and some of these other really good teams is the pitching. You look at Lance Lynn tonight. Two innings pitched, four Ks. I, I remember after his Tommy John surgery, he was really kind of thrown away from, from you know, from fantasy baseball anyway. But, uh, you know, not really given much consideration as far as, like, you know, I, he had a hard time finding a place to, to play. And, you know, he's bobbed, he's he's turned into a really good pitcher. And, you know, you look at what – you look in hindsight at what the White Sox gave up for him. Yeah, Dave Dunning might be a pretty good pitcher um, in, in the long term. But it's been worth it absolutely to get this guy's consistency – this guy's workhorse mentality, and it just kind of, you know, there's a couple of them in this bullpen that make you beat them. Okay, Keiko's going to get blown up every now and then. Giolito's going to get blown up every now and then. But you bet your bottom dollar that Lynn's going to give you a good good outing. Most times Carlos Rodon's going to give you a good outing. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you, um, Dylan Cease has been really impressive. The Cub farmhand. <clears throat> so, for me, when you look at complete teams, I, I'm telling you, I think the White Sox are the way to go. And as a Cubs fan, that hurts a little bit. But, you know, it just goes to show you what running a team from a front office-wise well will do for you versus, you know, it's all ships in the night, right? The Cubs, have, they're on a Titanic, whereas, you know, the um, – the White Sox are on the, I don't know, the Virgin Galactic spaceship that went up to space or whatever it was. So it's interesting seeing the right the White Sox do well. I, I'm actually, you know, as a as a Cubs fan, I hate to say it, I'm actually pulling for them. They're a likable team. Um, I have a bunch of their guys on my team. So, but uh, neither here nor there. It's cool seeing the the, the Field of Dreams story. Um, and, I, and they just announced that they're going to play it again next year. So we'll see who they pick next year for the game. Um, but before we move on to some of these flashing hitters and um, the body of the show, I do want to take a second and just kind of pay tribute to Kevin Cosner and, and his impact in the sport of baseball on the silver screen. I, you know, I, I'll tell you um, – my dad loved uh, Field of Dreams. It was one of his favorites, and you know it always pulled at my at my heartstrings too. Because you know um, I uh, I lost my dad, and you know he's he's I didn't lose him. He's he's with me. Um, 
somewhere. I don't know. But, you know, the point being, you know, I, I, I like the story behind it, right? Dad, can we, you want to play catch and all that good stuff. Um, but, but, you know, it gets a lot of publicity. For me, it's his third best baseball. Of course, everybody, know, everybody that knows me, everybody that's ever played fantasy sports with me knows my love for Bull Durham. All of my fantasy baseball teams are named Fear and Arrogance. Um, it, it's always been my, you know, I, I, I just really enjoy that movie. I think it tells such a great story um, as, through baseball. That's what I love about Costner's baseball movies. They tell life stories through baseball. And, you know, in, in, in Bull Durham, of course, well, Field of Dreams, like I said, it's a kid wanting to play catch with his dad, a strange relationship. Um, in in uh, in Bull Durham, it's 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 minor league baseball, and, and you know the 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 desire to make it to the big leagues. And again, ships passing the night. You know, Bull Durham. If you haven't seen it, it's a little bit older. Uh, I can't imagine many people have it, but you know. I, Young people, go out and watch Bull Durham. It's a great movie. Um, but it, basically, it, it's it, it's it's a classic. But the real classic for me is for love of the game. I really love that movie. The story that it tells. Basically, it's a love story. But it's a love it's a love story with him and a girl Annie in the movie. But it's also a love story with him and the game and the relationships that he built over the year with this over the years with this upstart. Well downshot and really uh, Detroit Tiger team who goes out and pitches um, a no-hitter in Yankee Stadium, basically the last game of his life, um, of his career, rather. So really cool story. Of course, Vince Scully does the announcing on that. It's just classic. But so Kevin Cosner, to me, was very – it was very cool seeing him introduce that game tonight. Um, And – his impact to the game of baseball, although it indirect, has been pretty significant. Enough of that. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about some baseball. Let's talk about some of these players. How about the surging Braves? You know, you look at what they did. Everybody kind of counted the Braves out, and I did too. I'm not going to lie. They go out the trade deadline and they get Jorge Soler. They get Jock Peterson, they get um, Eddie Rosario, and they get Adam Duvall. Basically replace their entire outfield at the trade deadline. And aside from Rosario, every one of those guys has contributed with home runs and production in the outfield thus far. <clears throat> They've got some pitching stepping up, stepped up in uh, Tukey Toussaint. Uh, the Braves, to me, look like the team to beat in the NL East. Um, and, and really, it's it, it, you look at the leadership, Ozzie Albies with the big homer last night. Um, Austin Riley's been incredible. He's been one of the most unsung players in the league, really probably deserves some credit for MVP. I know he won't get it, um, but he's, he's kind of stepped up into that leadership role, hitting in the middle of the lineup um, in, in Acuna's absence, kind of picking up the slack. But, you know, Albies as well. And, of course, Dansby Swanson. The Braves are surging, and they could be a team to make a deep run in the playoffs this year. People forget they were one game away last year from going from beating the uh, from beating the Dodgers and going to the World Series. So if they can get the pitching, they're going to be tough to beat. 
about out west? Out west, you got are the Padres fading? Heck, are the Giants fading? The Dodgers really beat rebuilt themselves in a major way at the trade deadline, and it's showing. It's showing, and you know, yeah, losing Mookie Betts is going to hurt the Dodgers. But just in that, you know, it's so funny how it happens. Look, who steps up and hits, I think, two homers last night? Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger stepping up in Mookie's absence. Look for him to pick up down the line here and carry this Dodger team. That, let's be honest, they don't need carrying Max Muncie, Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock's having a good year. And then, of course, everybody knows Trey Turner's going to sign long-term. With the Dodgers. You mark my words right now. That's going to happen. And Corey Seager. That's going to be their middle infield for the next 10 years. Seager to Turner to um, Bellinger. Is, is, and they'd be foolish not to. Trey Turner to me. I saw the other day at a triple. He, he ran around those bases so fast. Hey, Vic. How you doing? Thanks for coming, buddy. He ran around those bases so fast. He is such a spark plug at the beginning of that lineup. And I've said it, people have kind of forgot about it. Corey Seager's one of the most underrated players in baseball. And if you're sleeping on Seager, he has really turned it on since coming off of the injured list. So watch out for the Dodgers, who, like I say, have completely we're not even talking about Danny Duffy, right? And is it just me, or have the Dodgers just been holding David Price in their back pocket for just such an occasion? And he's starting to look good again. He's starting to look like the old David Price. So I feel like in the West, the Dodgers run away with this. And the Giants and and the Padres – They better watch out because there's a team in the Central that is running up on them in the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati's playing good baseball. And it's all catapulted by Joey Votto. Two players over the last month, two players over the last month have hit Double-digit home runs. I'm going to talk about both of them. The first one's Joey Votto. Over the last 30 days, Joey Votto's hit 14 home runs. First in the majors. 32 RBIs. First in the majors. Five doubles, a 352 batting average. That's 11th. A 440 on-base percentage. That's seventh in the majors. 868 slug, best in the majors, and a 1308 OPS, best in the majors. I've said this for a decade, but it's really bittersweet now. Joey Votto is the second best hitter I've ever seen. What? 
See, I remember going back when you can go watch batting practice. Watching Joey Votto take batting practice is an amazing thing. I, it's just it's like watching an artisan paint a picture. It's it's so impressive. You just see him thinking. He goes so he goes and he gets in his takes his swings. And they work in groups, right? And then he goes back and he just dry swings, just goes through the motions like his 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 elbows, his shoulders, and his hips. Just and it's. I mean, you could tell he thinks deeply about his approach at the plate, and I applaud that. 23 games since the All-Star break, he has an OPS of 1220 and 28 RBIs. Here's the other part that I love about this. Reds fans should too. He's taken Jonathan India under his wings. And if I'm a Reds fan, you can't be more happy about that. They have a little friendly competition every day to see who gets on base more. To who has better games. And it's a genius idea. Boy, Jonathan India has been – I'm sorry. He's a rookie of the year in the National League. He, he has been such a great DFS play. But aside from that, I have him in a couple of my year-long year leagues, and he just he contributes almost every day. He's so consistent. I like what the Reds are doing. I think they make a strong push for that. I think they make a strong push for the Central. But I, I think they land in that wild-card spot over one of those West teams. The other players hit 10 homers in the last 30 days. Jorge Springer. George Springer. 11 homers. That's second in the majors. 11 doubles. It's tied for fourth. 30 runs is first. 24 RBIs is fifth. Slug is second at 810, and his OPS is 1226, which is third. I'm not sure which is the bigger shot in the arm. The Blue Jays returning to Rogers Center or the return of George Springer to that lineup? What a great offseason signing for the Toronto Blue Jays. And people forget they are a big market team. So they can afford to go out and sign these guys. They're in a great situation, too. The only problem with them is so are the Yankees, so are the um, the Rays. So they're, they're fighting an uphill climb there with two really good teams. I think Boston falters. Talk about complete teams, though. Alec Manoa, I'm going to talk about in a little bit, is a Rookie of the Year candidate. The Mountaineer grad struck out, I think, 10 last night. Watched most of that game. What a performance by Manoa. 
gave up the homer to Shohei. Um, really, this kid pitches like a vet. He's their fourth pitcher. Robbie Ray, Injin Ryu, and Jose Barrios are one, two, three. The Blue Jays are built for the playoffs. Especially with the likes of Pichette and Guerrero. Lourdes Gurriel is starting to turn it on. Teoscar Hernandez is starting to turn it on. This is a team to watch out for. But it's all because of George Springer. Not all. A lot of it's because of George Springer's leadership and his approach leading off the game. He isn't your prototypical leadoff hitter, but he certainly sets the table for that offense and what they're trying to do, which is hit a lot of homers, score a lot of runs, and timely hitting. Chess Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8 on Dr. Roto. Make sure you subscribe to DrRoto.com for all your seasonal and daily fantasy sports, including premium tools and draft kits, as well as, as, well as exclusive members-only Discord to access our staff for all your fantasy questions. What a great group of guys. Um, they're really hitting it hard for football. They do a great job. I've been in a couple of – I've been in a draft and an auction with these guys. Um Love working with these guys. So thanks, Doc, Matt, Minix. Appreciate all you guys. Lou. I want to talk real quick about some of these players that are flashing, right? And, and what do I mean by flashing? Guys who have shown – it's not a small sample size. Because I do that all the time. This is more – this is a medium set. This is – you've been doing this for a month or two. I'm trusting you at this point. Cal Quantrill, boy, I got to watch him last night. He looked really good. Three and two with a three one three ERA, seventy six Ks, thirty three walks on a ninety seven point two innings pitched. Suggests he's not a strikeout pitcher, but he's really developed into a major league arm throughout the course of this year. The Guardian Indians. Have needed his ability because they've had some injuries. He, the thing that strikes me about Quantrill, and I've seen him three or four times now, he really uses his cutter well. He has a mid 90s fastball that he places pretty well, but that cutter, he buries down and in to right handed hitters and away from left handed hitters if very effectively. He's one of those guys that's still cheap in DFS that you can get at a good value. And year-long, he's probably gone. But like I said, but like I said, you always want to make sure if you if you think you have an owner that you can that might be a little bit gullible, try getting Cal Quantra. Since the All-Star break, 
He's 2-0. Batters are batting 176 against him and slugging 240. 33 Ks and 13 walks and 36 innings pitched. Those are dominant numbers, guys. Short sample size, that's a – it might not be an SP1. Hell, it might not even be an SP2. But it's an elite SP3. And that's what you're looking for when you get a guy like that. He's an SP2, let's be honest. I want to I want to make sure and mention a couple before I jump off of here. A couple hitters. I, I talked about the White Sox earlier. But I'd be remiss if I left left Eloy Jimenez off this list of guys that are flashing. And I know he's coming back from injury. I know everybody, you know, everybody knows about him. I know everybody knows he's had a good start. Four homers in his past six games. But if you're in a dynasty league, you're never going to get Eloy Jimenez again. The trajectory that you saw Vladimir Guerrero take this year is what you're going to see Eloy Jimenez do from this point on. Guys, four homers in six games. He's on a 68-homer 190 RBI pace, just for perspective. This guy's a top five hitter next year. I'm the one that said Shohei Otani's going to be an MVP candidate. I'm the one that said that Vladimir Guerrero is going to win the MVP. Elo Jimenez is going to be in that discussion next year. I want to talk about Ahmed Rosario. It's funny listening to the national media to start to talk about this guy. I've been talking about him for most of the year. You guys remember the spring training outfield fiasco experiment? Seems like forever ago, right? Seems like a decade ago. Well, when Andres Jimenez got sent down to the minor leagues, Rosario took over as the number two hitter and everyday shortstop. Since that time, May 16th, he's hitting 301. With 10 stolen bases. He's on an 89 run pace at that that point. I didn't write all that crap down. It doesn't matter. The point is. The Indian Guardians. Are doing. What the Mets never did. They're putting him at the top of the lineup. And letting him run. The Mets always insisted on them hit, that on Rosario hitting seventh or eighth and not letting them run. Rosario, if he stays in this position going into next year, and I imagine he will, goes into next season looking like a 280 batter with about 12 homers and 30 stolen bases.
That's appealing. That's very appealing. You can get him as a throw-in in a trade. Most likely. Maybe not, but I, I I had to trade him away in one of my leagues. This is just a really shallow league. The dude, the dude dropped him. I got him back. I went and picked him back up. Real quick, I want to do a couple rookie updates, then I'm going to jump off of here. Uh, again, Manoa last night, really impressive. I was the first one. I was the first one to talk about Alec Manoa. I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it. Two years ago, pre-pandemic, talked about him as the 11th overall pick out of West Virginia. Of course, I'm a Mountaineer grad. Talked about him getting to the majors quickly. <clears throat> On air, my last job. Don't want to talk about who it was. Um, but it's important because... This this kid has lived up to the billing, and he hasn't looked like a rookie all season. And it just goes to show, Manoa reminds me a lot of Lance Lynn. Relies a lot on the fastball. He's got that wipeout slider. And that's a pitch that, for me, if you're looking at Alec Manoa two, three years down the road, you might be looking at a top – I don't want to overstate a top 10 pitcher in the league. I don't want to overstate it. I was going to say stop top five. She's got to be really good to get in the top five pitchers. I don't know. It has to be an A for rookie updates, right? I'll give you a guy that's ascending for me. It's still an incomplete. But I really like what Joe Adele is doing with this opportunity. The skinny, if you're not terribly familiar, Mike Trout's going to be out a good part of the season. Joe Adele is the best center fielder that has some offensive abilities. Lagares is pretty good, but offensively he offers nothing. Adele is killing the ball in, in the in Triple A, so they had to bring him up. And I'll tell you, they started to hit him at eighth. He's moved up to, I think he was seventh last night, but he's hitting around 289. Hasn't hit a hasn't hit a homer yet, but he's stolen a base. He's been in a he's been an impact at the plate. I, I said it a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. I, I think this is a kid that 290, three runs, four RBIs, and eight games. Serviceable, especially knowing he's going to hit. He's going to be given a chance to run when he's in there. He's given every day playing time. And if he hits, he'll move up the lineup. I really like Adele. Again, I have to give him an incomplete. But I feel like at the end of the year, you're looking at a player who's going to be productive. And you're at this point where you have to start being selective with who you're picking and choosing. I had to cut bait with uh, Jared Durant to pick up Adele. I 
I like what Duran's done, but rookies are going to falter. A couple of them won't. Who would have predicted Randy Arizarena last year? Joe Adele's the guy you want as a rookie going in down the stretch. Right now. It could change next week. But for now, Adele seems to me to be the most ready to perform. Thanks for listening to Chaps Fantasy Chat. Check out all our other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff through Discord. I I really enjoyed this. I hope you guys did too. I'm going to go watch the Steelers. Look like they're doing great, but it is preseason. Um, Again, join me again next Thursday. We're going to get right back into some of these, you know, data collecting missions that I love to do. Um, Just kind of wanted to talk about some trending this week. So hope you enjoy the content. As always, tune in to Dr. Roto, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys. See you next week.